Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are coming up on the most holiest of days that is celebrated by Christian believers. It is a time that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to present you a series of messages that will help you to understand what Jesus Christ did, but more importantly, why he did it. It was to offer sinful people eternal life. I want you to listen closely and even contact someone in your family who needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of today's message, we're going to share an opportunity for you or anyone you know to come to know Jesus. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. It had been a dramatic, heart-wrenching couple of days for the followers of Jesus Christ. When asked about it, one of his disciples said, We hadn't been long finishing the Passover meal when Jesus asked us to go with him out to the garden. I think that was around midnight. He was praying and we were sleeping. I remember him asking us to pray with him, but we were tired. And I know for me, I was, I was knocked out. The next thing I knew, there was a noise and there were torches And there were guards all over the garden. They were looking for Jesus. Judas pointed him out. They caught him and they roughed him up and dragged him off. Peter got mad. He took out a big knife and cut the ear off of one of the guards. But Jesus put it back on. Then Peter said, I told him over my dead body, Ain't going to let nobody come in here and just manhandle us. But there was too many of them. I never thought Jesus would let them take him. I took off after them and watched him when they spit on him. Start hitting him with a rod and he did nothing. They acted like they were going to kill him. And then I thought if that's what they're going to do to him, what they're going to do to the rest of us. People started putting me on blast. They said I was with him. I told them I wasn't wasn't with him. I said I wasn't going to do that, but I was scared. And so I took off running like everybody else. I didn't say anything, but I, I was watching. That's what John said. They did him wrong. They beat him. They mocked him. They lied on him. They sent him from one place to another. And this kept going on all night long. They said they were going to crucify him, but I I couldn't believe that. They made him carry that cross. They beat him while he carried it. You should have seen him. I could hardly look at him myself. His face was swollen. There was blood all over him. And when they put those nails in his hands and in his feet almost passed out. It was horrible. All the noise and the shouting and to hear the Lord scream when they lifted him up, I I couldn't hardly take it. 
I never thought I would see the master who performed miracles of power be taken down like this. He looked at me. He told me to take care of his mother. And then he died. The sky turned black. The ground shook. Even the Roman soldiers' eyes got big. We didn't know what was about to happen. They took him down before the Sabbath, put him in a tomb, and rolled this great big stone in front of it and posted some guards. I heard them talking. They said maybe somebody might try to come and steal his body. And I thought to myself, what in the world is going on and why did all of this happen? I took Mary home and then I, I went looking for the rest of you guys. Well, that's the way it was on that Friday when Jesus was crucified. The scripture narrative picks up on Sunday. It doesn't tell us too much about what was going on on that Saturday. I want to pick up where that narrative picks up in the book of Mark chapter 16 verse 1. And it starts like this. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, after, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? The first chance they got, these women were trying to get to Jesus. And they realized that there was an obstacle, and that obstacle was that stone that was rolled in front of the tomb. And as I was looking at that, I also realized that there are those that are sitting in the audience or listening to me right now who have a desire to get to Jesus and we still think there's a stone in the way. There is an obstacle that may be preventing us from getting to Jesus. But God is in the obstacle removing business. Uh, Matthew put it this way as I look at this whole story out of the four gospels in Matthew 28 too, he said there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. So when the women arrived they discovered that the stone was already removed. Here's what I want to tell you if you feel distant from the Lord and you feel like there's something that's uh, prohibiting you or blocking you from getting to him. Don't let what you think are the stones that could block your access keep you from moving toward Jesus. These women were moving toward him even though they knew in their hearts and they had saw that there was a stone blocking the way. They said we're going anyway. We'll, we'll figure out how to get the stone moved when we get there. But by the, time that, by the time they got there, God had already worked it to get that stone moved out of the way. He'll do the same for you. It may be the stone of your lifestyle. 
that keeps you from moving toward Jesus and connecting with him. It may be the stone of your past failures and what has occurred in your life that you feel like the Lord don't want to see you. But I can tell you that he's waiting for you. Just keep moving toward Jesus. I thought I'd throw that in on this story. But in Luke chapter 24 verse 2 as he continues with the story, they found a stone rolled from the tomb but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. They walked in and they were looking for him, but they did not find him. And in verse 5 it says, In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said nothing to them. But the men said to them, rather, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while, you were still with, while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And on the third day he will be raised again. Then they remembered his word. See, when they went to the tomb to look for one dead man, they were met by two men who were alive. And they asked them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Now, actually, they could have said, we aren't looking for the living among the dead. We're looking for the dead among the dead. Because the last time they saw Jesus... He was dead, and that's who they came looking for. I came looking for the dead because that's why we brought the uh, spices because we're going to anoint his body. And they had to remind, the angels had to remind the women of what Jesus said. They said, he is not here. And the reason he's not here is because he is risen. He was not moved but he was moving. He was not carried. He was walking. Uh, he's not here because he has risen. They could have said he's just not here. And they could have thought, well, wonder who took him. But no, he is risen. And he said, remember, he told you he would be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And on the third day, he's going to be raised again. And they said, yeah, 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 you're right. It seemed like to me he did say something about that on the third day. But I didn't know he was really going to do that. You know, when the Lord, the Lord will tell us something, and, and it's good, we can hear it in a sermon, and we can know, I know what the Bible says, but when we're in a situation, we forget about what he told us. He said, I can, I can take you through the fire when you're going through your trials. And we say, hallelujah, praise God, and we'll stand up while the preacher's preaching that. But when we get to the fire, we start getting scared because we just said, I don't know how I'm going to make it. He said, then I say, I'll take you through the fire. He said, remember, he told you, in fact, he told you when you were in Galilee, that they were going to crucify him, but he's going to get up in the third day. So I don't know why you're bringing spices. Oh, yeah, he did say something about that. Well, you know, it reminds me uh, that, that when we can hear something, 
we can hear it conceptually, but we don't believe it in our hearts. It's like when you're a parent and you, you have teenage children and you tell them, when you get 21 years old, you're going to have to leave this house. <laughs> and, they, and they hear you when they're 15. And they just say, okay, yeah, right. I'm going to leave. Don't worry, I'll leave. And then on their 21st birthday, you wake them up that morning and say, get your stuff and get out. <laughs> and they say, well, what now? Yes, you're 21. I've been telling you all the time, when you get to be 21, you're going to have to get your stuff and get out. I didn't know you really meant that. Yes, I did. <laughs> Jesus had been telling them, you destroy this body, in three days it's going to be raised up again. Destroy this temple, it's going to be raised up. I'm going to be lifted up and I'm going to get up. I'm going to be risen. But they just heard it, but they did not believe it. It's just like people can hear about the word of God and what things are going to happen. They can hear it, but they ain't going to believe it. The Bible says that uh, uh, he's coming back again to receive those who are saved. Oh yes, I heard that, but when he come... We're going to say, what you doing here? But he's coming back again. Anybody believe that? Yes. Yeah, you say that now. You say that now. But you don't live like you believe that. Because if he's coming tomorrow, what would you straighten up today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's risen and he's coming. What he said he was going to do, he's going to do. Jesus said there is a hell fire. And then you got people say, yeah, I know he say that, but you know, I don't believe a loving God going to send people to hell. No, a loving God is not going to send people to hell. A loving God is trying to get out there and block you from going. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. So you don't have to go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who should ever believe on them should not perish but shall have everlasting life. I ain't trying to make you go to hell. I'm trying to stop you from going. You were on your way when you got here. But no, we don't believe that. We don't believe that because we just live and do our own thing. And yeah, I heard what the preacher said, but uh, you know, it, it ain't going to be like that. That's the same thing that's happening here. I heard what Jesus said, but, but I saw what I saw on the cross. What I saw happening. Can't nobody come back from that. There ain't no comeback. Now, now they, he's dead. I know he's dead. They, they, they took him down. They, they put him in, the, wrapped him in his burial clothes. They put him in the tomb and they rolled that big stone in front of him. It is over. Uh, in fact, I thought I heard him say, it's finished. Now, if he was going to come back after three days, now this is me if I was standing there, I'm thinking, so why did he go through all that he went through if he was going to get up anyway? He could have saved himself that. He could have just said, you know, we don't have to do that. I'm going to stay alive. Let's look at what it says in Luke chapter 24, verse 9. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven. So these women went to the tomb. Remember these, these uh, apostles? Remember these men of God? Remember these fishermen? All these men Jesus hung out with? They weren't there that morning. So the women came first. I just thought I'd throw that in. All the women said. Amen. People say they don't believe in women preachers. But the women was the first one that said he's risen. Amen. The men didn't say nothing. They were still hiding. <laughs> they thought somebody was going to ask them to be in the choir. <laughs> thought I'd throw that in for you. 
yeah, they thought, hey, we go down there, they're going to ask us the same. <laughs> when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. That's the eleven. Judas was gone then. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Now the apostles, not even there. But they did not believe the women. Oh, these women, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. They just telling him Jesus is risen and they didn't believe he was going to get up either. Let's look what the Bible says in John chapter 20. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in it at the strips of linen lying there but did not go in. Then Simon Peter who was behind him arrived and went into the tomb. And when he saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head, the cloth, the cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. And finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. And then verse 9 says, They did not understand from the scriptures that Jesus had to rise from the dead. They did not understand that from the scriptures. These men that Jesus had been teaching and training and modeling and urging and sharing with, they did not believe and they did not understand that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Do you understand why he had to arise from the dead? If you don't understand that, then we need to understand that today, why he had to rise from the dead. I just mentioned that John 3.16 says that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. It's hard to tell somebody that they can have everlasting life while you're still dead. I came so you can have everlasting life. Well, where you at? You dead. So I'm going to get up and let you know you're going to get up too. You know, I just happened to... Um, you know, I got one of these uh, smartphones that make you look dumb because <laughs> you don't know how to use it. So on my way in this morning, I said, uh, hello, to them talking to the phone, right? Because you know, some of y'all talk to Sirius. <laughs> Siri? Serial? Whatever her name is. It should have been Sharika, and I would remember. I said, where is Muhammad buried? Before I could get it out, he announced the burial place for Muhammad. And then said, do you want to know where everybody, all other founders of religions are buried? And then they, well, yeah, since you asked. This is serious. And just start telling, where, listing where everybody's buried until they got to the Christian founder. The place where he was laid, they said. But they cannot find where he is.
I say, so even the phone knows <laughs> that he was risen. I said, amen. <laughs> they said, they got a place, but he ain't there. That's my version. What is typically underemphasized when we, we talk about this resurrection story, we know what happened and we know how it happened. We know that they hung him high and stretched him wide. We know that they took him from judgment hall to judgment hall. We, we know that. We know that they beat him and spit on him. We, we know that uh, they nailed his hands and they nailed his feet. And we know they put him up on the cross. And we know that. That's what happened and how it happened. But they don't tell us a lot why it happened. But the Apostle Paul, when he was thinking through and writing about the, the results and the impact of Christ's death. He said this in Romans chapter 5 verse 6. You see just at the right time. When we were still powerless. We were still in our sin. Christ died for the ungodly. Somebody say ungodly. He died for those who are sinners. He died for those who are separated. He died for those who are not connected with him. He died for the ungodly. Don't you know he came for the ungodly? He didn't come for the godly. He says it's just like a doctor. I came for the sick, not those who are well. I came to seek and to save those who are lost. So lost people shouldn't be embarrassed coming to Christ because he came here for you and for me who were lost. You shouldn't have to come with your head down. You can come with your head up because he is the reason. His death was the reason for your salvation and he came for us. He came for the lost. Verse 7 says, very rarely would anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners. We were still sinners and we were still sinning. Christ died for us. He didn't tell us we had to get ourselves together if you want to come in here. You got to cut that out and cut that out and stop this if you're going to come to me. He said, no, just like you are, come on. You can't stop doing what you're doing on your own. You're going to need some help. And that help is going to be the power of my blood that is shed for you. I can help you. We're going to break that power of sin in your life and give you a brand new star. This is Jerry G. Martin, and we brought you a message today to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we are coming toward our Good Friday and Easter celebration, our Resurrection Sunday, I think it is so vital that we share the message of the grace and the goodness, the redemption and the forgiveness that Jesus Christ brings to every person. I don't know who you are, and I don't know where you are, and I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity, if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, to make a decision right now. It was Jesus who said, I don't come for those who are. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. If you are lost and you feel hopeless or helpless or disconnected, 
in your spiritual life, today is a great opportunity for you just to turn to Christ and invite him into your heart, invite him into your life, and he will come in with his divine power and his spirit, and he will do for you what he's done for me and so many others. He will turn your life around. If you would like us to join you and pray with you and help you to get connected, call us right now at 281-964-1393 and say, I made a decision for Christ. I need to get connected so I can continue to grow. Again, that's 281-964-1393. Jesus Christ came to give you everlasting life, and we will walk that journey out with you. Be sure to call us and then join us for our Easter Sunday service at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road or online at lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.